There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is a Friday edition of the podcast. We want to remind each of you that listen that we will be going to Youth Week in Western New York. That's in the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York. And Lord Willem will be there Sunday. And now it's continuing on through Sunday. If the meeting, Brother Cliff Taylor uh, and others will be preaching on Sunday morning. Myself, I will be over at Wellsville, New York at the Anchor Baptist Church. Brother Zach Vernon preaching Sunday night over at Anchor. And we want to welcome you to those meetings, welcome you to those services. And then continuing on through the following Sunday there in Black Creek. That's 10 a.m. each morning, except Monday at 11 o'clock, where Donnie Harvey from Tennessee will be preaching. And then 7 o'clock each night. And so we want to welcome you to those services. And if you're able to pray for us, do please pray for the services. They will be available to listen on onesoulatime.net not too long after the services are over, most likely the next day if it's evening, sometime late afternoon or evening if it's the morning service. So make sure you tune in and listen. And we do thank the Lord for these services. And as we come up into July, then we'll have several weekends uh, locally. We thank God for that. We'll be over the mountain in East Broadtop, Pennsylvania. We'll be over at Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania, and also in Mont Alto, Pennsylvania. So we'll be able to drive back and forth each Sunday. And we do thank the Lord for that. We're going to be back in Job 33 again today as we go into the weekend. And uh, Elihu is speaking here, but he says, Wherefore, Job, I pray to hear my speeches and hearken to all my words. And so he notifies him that he's going to have something to say. He's going to speak. And I thank God for men that open their mouths and speak truth. What a blessing that's been in my life. And I remember the old days. I talk about that, and I don't go back as an old-timer or anything like that. But I remember the days when men used to come to revival services and would actually preach. And uh, when I say actually preach, I mean, they'd get in the pulpit and then rip, snort, and tear. And uh, they would preach the paint off the walls and tell you everything was wrong with you, everything was wonderful about Jesus Christ. And my friend, you just want more of that. You want that that preaching, desire that preaching. Thank God for that. Elihu's going to speak to Job. Job's a righteous man. Job's an upright man. One that feareth God, one that escheweth evil. That's Job. But he's going to speak to him as we ask him to hearken to him. And he says in verse 2, Behold, now I have opened my mouth. My tongue hath spoken in my mouth. My words shall be of the uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. And my friend, if we could speak with the uprightness of heart, what a difference that would be. But that's how Elihu's going to speak to his friend. And there he sees that older man, that aged man, that hoary head. And he respects him and he honors him. But yet he's like that bottle that's ready to burst. He's swollen up. He has something he needs to say. Thank God for men that have something they need to say. Thank God for that fire shut up in their bosom. Thank God for a man whose bones are literally on fire that he's burning to get a message across. Thank God for men to stand and preach. That's what we're hoping for this week. I pray that men come in this week ready to preach. Not pity patty. 
not little patty cakes, not patting each other on the back, and not sitting there telling everybody how great they are, trying to get meetings, but just rear back and preach the Word of God. Preach everything wrong with people. Preach everything right about Christ. Oh, glory to God. What a joy that would be. He says in verse 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. If thou canst answer me, set thy words in order before me, stand up. And so he's telling Job, if you can answer me, stand up. If you can respond to this. And what we see now is Job, of course, we understand that he has tried to justify himself and a lie who's taken that away from him. Uh, Job is no longer just because his words have spoken against him. He, he flattered himself rather than, rather than giving glory to God. He began to speak of himself and what a danger that is. That's why meekness must intervene in our lives. Lest we uh, profane God, lest we make him seem like such a small, anemic God as so many see him already. And we need that meekness in our lives. We need to de not defend God, but neither do we defend ourselves, but rather we just say that God is just, God is holy. And it's easy to say this, but it's so hard to live. If there's anything good in us, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else. And I know it just seems like words to some people, but it's a reality. The only thing good in me is Christ. If I look back at what manner of man I was and the manner of life that I lived, I would come to that realization pretty quickly that the only thing good about me is what's on the inside, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. And thank God for him. Thank the Lord for Jesus Christ. Blessed be his holy name. He goes on in this city, he says in verse 6, Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I also informed out of the clay. And so he's showing respect to that aged man. He's showing him, listen, I'm a man just like you're a man. I'm a man that was created just like you. The Spirit of God hath made me the breath. The Almighty hath given me life. And he says, I was formed out of the clay. Behold, my terror shall not make thee afraid. Neither shall my hand be heavy upon thee. And so there's nothing he could say in one of the things I had to learn as a novice, and even even now, sometimes I feel like such a novice in preaching and evangelism and, and you know, traveling and preaching, but you cannot force people to do what you want. You can't use strong, heavy words and demand that they do it. And I use strong words when I preach. I'll say things sometimes, and, and people will always be stunned at the strength of what I say. And I don't want to do it for shock value, though. I won't, don't want to do this to shock somebody. I want them to take heed. We need strong words. We need somebody with a backbone. We need somebody to speak to us. And that's what he's saying. Now, my terror shall not make thee afraid. It's not fear of man. That fear of man bringeth a snare. And I don't want people to fear Tim McVeigh. I don't want them to worry about what Tim McVeigh thinks. They need to worry about what the Lord thinks. They need to fear God. They need to fear him who cast body and soul into hell. He says, neither shall my hand be heavy upon thee. Oh, that hand of compassion, that kindness. Oh, glory be to God. When a man can preach in that power, that unction of God, and yet have that kindness, that gentleness, and how we need that at this day, that servant of the Lord, be gentle to all men. And what a joy that is when a man can be gentle to all men and to teach them, to instruct them, yet with strong words, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Those are the things that's needed. Faithful of the wounds of a friend. And all oh, my friend, those wounds will hurt, but deceitful of those kisses of an enemy. And we're in a day when men don't want that rebuke. I recently rebuked some folks at a meeting. I was preaching and I had felt like I needed to rebuke them. And I rebuked them publicly, I rebuked them in an open setting with very strong rebuke. 
And uh, I, I wrestled with that. I went home and had to wrestle through those things. Did I do that right? Did I do that justly? And all oh, my friend, it just changed the tenor of the meet. I had two men come up to me and thank me for the rebuke and said, we needed that. I personally needed that rebuke. I've let things slip. I've let things go. And all oh, my friend, I thought how faithful that was, that, that God allowed me to tell them the truth, that God allowed me to tell them a folly and a snare, something so destructive to their life. And so many of done that to me over the years. Some more gentle, some more firm, some just point blank. They're blunt. They're in your face. But I've needed those rebukes. I've needed those reproofs. It's not man that I fear. It's not the heaviness of his hand. It's the word of God that corrects us. He says, surely thou hast spoken in mine hearing, and I have heard the voice of thy word saying, I am clean without transgression. I am innocent. Neither is there iniquity in me. And I believe that, of course, there he's prophesying, he's speaking of something beyond himself. He's speaking to that one. He's looking at Job, Job, that great prophet of God. And he's speaking these things and he's speaking that according to the spirit of God. And he's saying that I'm clean without transgression. I am innocent. Neither is iniquity in me. And he's speaking to that one, no doubt, that's been delivered by his own righteousness. It's that one that God uh, uh, rewarded him according to the cleanness of his hands. He gave him that recompense according to the cleanness of his hands. And that's the one he speaks of. Job never said at any time that he was freed from iniquity, not in the context of what Elihu was saying. He never said he's clean without transgression, innocent, no iniquity. And all my friend, he's speaking here beyond my understanding. I'll be honest with you. There's a few little keys and some folks have even contacted me. Just a few little keys they dropped. And I don't want to go too far down that trail because I lack the understanding and the knowledge of these things in Job's life. But we see it here very clearly in verse 10. Then he says, behold, he findeth occasions against me. He counteth me for his enemy. He putteth my feet in the stocks. He marketh all my paths. So now Elihu is speaking. He's quoting Job. He's speaking about Job. He's speaking as what Job would say. But Job was that great prophet of God. Job was that one speaking by the spirit of Christ. And Elihu is quoting Job here. Therefore, he's looking beyond what you and I can comprehend. He's getting into things that you and I cannot see. He's getting into the matters of spiritual things. He says, behold, he findeth my occasions against me, he counteth me for his enemy. That's that same thing we read in Job 16, where he took him by the neck and he shook him. And he said, understand, and he says, he putteth my feet in the stocks, he marketh all my paths. And in verse 12, behold, in this thou art not just, I will answer thee that God is greater than man. And so it's one of those things as we look at the book of Job and we've unraveled some of these things and just begun to scratch the surface. And oh, my friend, when I'm done, I need to go back and reread this book and examine this book and look for these things. Having that understanding that God is speaking of his own dear son so many places in this book. And yet it's beyond my understanding. I'm just not there. I wish I were there. I wish I could see all those places. I wish at every page of the word of God, I could see Jesus Christ shining in that and see prophecy concerning him and see his will. And, and I wish I could see that one of these days, by the way, I will be able to see that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It'll all be clear. The waters will no longer be muddied. It'll be clarity. It'll be holiness. It'll be the ministry of the Holy Ghost. It'll be eternal light in Jesus Christ. We'll know all things, understand all things, see all things. It'll be in his dear son. He, he goes on and says, behold, in this thou art not just. I will answer thee that God is greater than man. Why dost thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. 
For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And he goes on, he says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men and slumberings upon the bed, that he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. And so again, he tells you how God speaks. I don't discredit visions. Now, when folks say they get saved in a vision, it troubles me. When they have uh, some kind of -of out-of-body experience and they call it salvation, it troubles me. But God can wake a man in a vision. God can give a man a dream. God can wake you in the night hours and smite your heart and put fear in your heart because he's done to this preacher. God has woken me and God has revealed things to me. God has shown things to me. And he does that because he's faithful to do that. And then he to withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. And oh, my friend, one of the greatest things that God ever did for me was to hide that pride from me, that I might see his dear son. You say, now, why do you speak about those dreams, those visions? And I just say this, and I'll close out the podcast with this today. But I met Pastor Ath there at the Black Creek Baptist Church, I guess, some 13 years ago. And, uh, and he had invited me to come up for vacation Bible school in the month of July and have another preacher there. And he invited me up. That's what I met with a tailor. And I go down to Faith Baptist camp and, and a man had preached that night. And I went back to the hotel room and I was laying there and just, I couldn't sleep. And I tossed and I turned, God would awake me and I'd fall back asleep. He'd awake me again. And God very clearly showed me that I need to take some young people to that vacation Bible school with me in Western New York. I went and asked Pastor Asquith. I said, brother, is this even feasible? Is this reasonable? By chance? No, not hardly. But God put him in that same meeting. I remember him and, and Sister Debbie, Sister Tanya, different ones at that meeting. And, uh, and I went to him and I just said, brother, God showed me that I need to bring some young people. I said, I got some young people from some of these churches down south. And I said, there's just one or two in each church. And I'd like to bring them to New York if it's feasible. And I talked talk to one of the main men down south, began to call pastors and parents and talk to those young people. And they responded greatly to that. And they said, man, we'd love to come. We'd love to come. I think one church had five young people that came. Uh, another just had one. Another had three. And and all over, folks, young people began to gather, say, we'd like to go to New York. And we borrowed a van. We borrowed a trailer. We raised money. Somebody donated 20 dozen eggs. Somebody else donated 20 pounds of frozen hash browns. And we loaded that van. We loaded that trailer with waters and sodas and food. And and we began to head towards the state of New York. We stayed in Virginia that last Sunday night, just about died in that van, no air conditioning, 98 degrees coming up through Harrisburg. And uh, come out there near Corning to cut over to Black Creek, rolled in there just before church time. And the young people helped unload that van. And we got settled in and we stayed in homes. Some of the very homes we'll stay in this week. And if those young people came, we had what we called Youth Week. We didn't know it was going to be Youth Week. It was Vacation Bible School. And Brother Cliff Taylor got up and he preached. And then the next morning, Brother John Asquith had me preach, and I tried my best to preach. And that night again, Brother Cliff Taylor preached. And finally, Brother John said, you know what? Both of you preached tonight, and we both preached that night. And God put together what's called Youth Week. Brother John just simply said, he said, let's do this again next year. Uh, we'll meet here next year. And we did it next year. And he said, you know what? We need to cut out the vacation Bible school. They can have that a different week. Let's just let's just have this meeting. We'll call it Youth Week. And, and he made Brother Taylor the moderator. And that third year, I got to take my wife with me. What a blessing that was. And we'll take my wife for her first Youth Week. And how God has used it and how God has blessed it. We've seen folks saved. And one story that 
touched my heart. The pastor sent me a message today. He showed me a little boy uh, sitting on a couch holding his baby sister. And three years ago at Youth Week, a broken family walked in that church at Youth Week. And a broken family came in and sat down in the pew. And it was just circumstances beyond the norm. And a man stood up and challenged them about their soul, about their lost condition. And uh, Brother Paul stood up and, and made one statement that entire Youth Week. Didn't preach any other time. But it cut that young lady to the heart. And God pricked her heart while she was sitting there. The next morning, things just broke loose. It was awful. It was ugly. They were right in the midst of it. And uh, things just went downhill, and God used that and broke their hearts and crushed them again. And later on that year, that young lady got born of God, got saved, and heard her husband now in the house of God. I texted him today and uh, just told him that little bit of a story. And I got that picture of their son holding that newborn baby on the couch. And, and the pastor simply said this when he sent that picture to me. He said, this is the fruit of Youth Week. Glory be to God. Thank God for the fruit of Youth Week. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for a young man like Elijah who will stand in the face of adversity and rear back and just preach. And we've had some over the years. Thank God for those old men that'll stand and preach. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's the marvelous workings of God. Who knows what God can do? Who knows what God will do? We sat there last year as folks one by one said they were converted during the youth week and how we bless the name of the Lord and how we praise him and how we thank you. Looking forward to the week. Looking forward to what God's going to do in the book of Job next week and then throughout the end of the week and into the next week. I hope to have some testimony I hope to have some updates on testimonies, do things a little bit different. It's a different time of year. Pray for the services. Pray the Lord just give traveling mercies. Lord, we'll be back here Monday on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.